This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about rice aroni. It's just immediately funny to me, rice aroni. <laughs> it's <laughs> a name. funny name. It, it's It's got a lot of... It's got a lot. It does. It's both, it's evocative and very straight to the point. It, it is. is. What it is. <laughs> oh, I have a new thing. My friends hate it, but I'll tell all of you anyway. I'm cool. trying to get it to catch on. It's called Uwa, which is, it is what it is. Uwa. Uwa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I also just randomly say Abby, Abby, Abby now, but I'm not, I'm totally doing well in quarantine. <laughs> this is a remnant of The Last of Us 2 plus playing oh. a lot of betrayal at the house, the yeah. house on the hill. They came together because you have to come up with a chant in that game. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, we decided on Abby, Abby, Abby. And I find it's really satisfying to say. Abby, Abby, Abby. Yeah, I can't so argue. Abby's out there. Yeah, see? But you gotta you gotta mutter it like Abby, Abby, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm doing totally well. Um and thanks to Christy for the suggestion. Uh Christy also suggested the Buffy the Vampire Slayer food. Ah. So yeah, lots of good suggestions coming in from listeners. We do have we have this huge list, never oh, fear. Gigantic. Yeah. Yes. Um we're not running out of topics ever, so y'all are stuck with us. Um Yes, yes. 
I'm sure that is inspires happiness and nothing else. Uh, but yeah, please keep them coming. We do take the uh, suggestions you send into account. And they often lead to, I don't know that I ever would have thought about rice aroni, to be honest. And the story behind it is great. It is. Oh, gosh, it's so good. Um, I do have to admit that that sometimes I, I say yes to brand-related episodes, like primarily because I really enjoy listing off flavors. <laughs> I, oh, okay. Nothing um, wrong with that. It's just there's something really fun and funny about it to me. Like when you get like a bunch of flavors just right in a row, they start to really sound, I don't just wild, just real weird. And just yeah. I start doubting my sanity because I'm like, how many different <laughs> types of chicken can you really have a flavor for? Or like how many in the in the Kool-Aid episode, like how many types of, ba- like how many times am I going to say berry mm-hmm. in this list? It was a lot. It was. I mean, there's just something inspiring about the level of innovation. Um <laughs> <laughs> flavor innovation never stops. There oh, we've is. been seeing a lot of it with uh, Reese's coming out with all these new flavors. Oh, ooh. I mean, yeah. Doritos. Didn't Doritos have some strange new flavor? Oh, usually. Or strange to me. Yeah, usually. Uh-huh. That's true. <laughs> um, when it comes to rice aroni, I, I don't know much about it. Like, I don't really have a memory attached to it. I think huh. every now and then I get a massive craving Usually pretty random for something like it. I can't even say specifically if it's rice aroni. Mm-hmm. But especially in college, I would get these, like, I just want this kind of salty, starchy yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, that, that's my main uh, experience with the brand was being in college and um, and having no idea how to cook for myself. And so getting getting something like this and probably not actually adding anything to it, just eating it straight out of the pan. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, probably literally straight out of the pan. I was like, do I put it in a bowl? Did I put it in a bowl first? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, who knows? Nah. College Lauren was up to a lot of a lot of questionable things. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's a nicer way of putting it. Shenanigans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, occasionally, um, me, me and my roommates will be like, what we want is rice aroni. Let's make our own. Um, and, <laughs> and kind of making a rice aroni inspired dish. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a very comforting and satisfying meal. It is. It's it's salty and delicious. There's carbs. Mm. Everybody loves carbs. Well, most <laughs> everybody loves carbs. Ah. Abby, Abby, Abby. Mm. All right. Let's get to our question. Riceroni. What is it? Well, uh, Riceroni is a brand of uh, relatively inexpensive, dry, shelf-stable grains packaged with a with a packet of powdered seasonings and little bits of dried veg. Usually, um, it intended to be cooked up quickly and easily by the consumer as a side dish or like the the, the base of a main dish. Um, it's like a it's like a little bit like instant ramen, except generally the expectation is that you will be adding things to make it a meal, unlike mm. College Lauren. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, well, see, college Annie didn't didn't do that either. I don't think. Hey, you know, I'm like, hey, there's like dried onion right here in the box. What else am I doing? Like, why? I mean, what else do you need? 
Uh, yeah, the, the traditional grain blend in, in a box of rice aroni is a mix of white rice with pieces of a skinny wheat pasta, like a vermicelli, broken to about the same length of the rice, maybe a smidge longer. Um, some of the products they make include just rice, though. Some include orzo pasta, which is a sort of um, small, pointed oval-shaped pasta. A couple include wild rice. Rice aroni comes in 22 flavors at the moment. Um, basics like, oh, and I get to do the list. Basics like... <laughs> Uh, chicken, beef, urban butter, long grain and wild rice, and cilantro lime. Riffs on the above, like chicken and garlic, chicken and broccoli, and buffalo chicken. Spanish rice and Mexican rice. Stir-fried rice with Asian seasonings, including leek, eh? Uh, creamy flavors like cheddar broccoli, country cheddar, creamy four cheese, and jalapeno cheddar. Um, and the original that started it all, rice pilaf. Uh, which, for the record, is seasoned with onions, chicken, garlic, and spices, which the internet seems to think are things like thyme and parsley. Mmm, the mysterious spices. Mm-hmm. Uh, the instructions for these things usually call for you to take this first step that I have apparently been missing out on in rice making for, like, my whole life, because I've pretty much always made rice in rice cookers. Um, and that first mm-hmm. step is that you heat a butter or other cooking oil in a pan and then toast the, the rice, or in this case, like, rice and pasta, until it's, until it's golden brown. And then you add the water and seasonings. It's so good. I have been a fool. (laughs) I never did that either, but my mom did. And it was always, hers was always better than mine. Oh, my heck. It it, it does depend on what kind of rice thing you're going for. This kind of treatment does tend to um, help help the rice grains be more separate, more like fluffy as opposed to sticky or mushy. Um, And Mm -hmm. and those are two two different things you could be going for. Mm Mm-hmm. At any rate, um, that OG rice pilaf is based on Armenian pilaf recipes, wherein you uh, you brown the grains and then uh, cook with broth and other seasonings and add-ins. Pilaf itself is a word that came to English through um, the Turkish pilav. Um, it's a dish common in Muslim-influenced cuisines um, from the Middle East through Western and Central and South Asia, and uh, and denotes yeah, like a like a rice and maybe other grain stuff dish that is fluffy, not mushy. Um, with distinctly separated grains, and is seasoned and includes stuff, um, from meat to veg to nuts to beans to fruit. The brand also produces pastaroni, uh, wherein the grains provided are, are pastas in a number of shapes. Uh, pastaroni comes in 15 flavors, butter and garlic, garlic and olive oil, olive oil and Italian herb, butter and herb Italiano, angel hair with herbs, Parmesan cheese, white cheddar, jalapeno cheddar, four cheese, Alfredo, white cheddar, white cheddar and broccoli, chicken and broccoli, buffalo chicken, and just chicken. Which, Mm. to me, after all of the rest of those, sounds a little bit sinister. You think the the just chicken, something going on there. Right? Not too sure about. You know? Hmm. I like where your head's at, so always paranoid. <laughs> what does only chicken have to hide? Or mm. is or does or do all the other flavors have something to hide? Is that why they're gussying themselves up like that? Oh, interesting. Interesting. Anyway, mm. maybe <laughs> maybe I've been playing too much D D or watching too <laughs> no, much supernatural. Never, <laughs> never to not have both of those things. <laughs> 
Uh, um, anyway, uh, yeah, so the, the common packaging here is a multi-serving box, but there are also uh, uh, six flavors available in single-serving microwavable cups, including the 15th Pastoroni flavor, Parmesan and Romano. <laughs> it's just so hard for me. I hear Pastoroni, <laughs> and I immediately kind of want to, like, I smile and kind of want to laugh, and then it's, Parmesan and Romano. <laughs> this is an interesting juxtaposition yeah. there. Yeah, because it, it does sound like something that you would, like, ask a toddler to say to get yeah. them to smile on camera. Like, say pastaroni. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm kind of sad that I, I didn't earn the nickname Risaroni at one point in my <laughs> life. Because uh, I'm, I'm someone who's collected many nicknames, but I never... No Risaroni for me. I guess there's still time. Yeah, it's but never you, too you know, late. It's never it's too gotta late. It's got to be natural. It's got to oh, be natural. Oh, okay. Okay, so I can't I can't force this. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That, that's the curse of the nickname. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I'll... Yeah, yeah. It's out there. I'll see what I can do to... to <laughs> To delicately engineer it so that the the opportunity Mm -hmm. presents itself. Yeah, just subtly, you know, (laughs) like pass it on to someone else. They pass it on to someone else. And then it comes up at one of our like happy hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only way. (laughs) I appreciate the thought you're putting into this. I really, I really am. Like I'm like full on like, like head tilt, like obvious thought bubble. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. 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 All right. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Um, Um, I, I will say that that all of the all of the packaging um, of Riceroni and these other sub brands, um, I- including those microwave cups, includes recipes or or ideas to make it a meal, um, as if to say, "Hey, college Lauren, probably don't just eat <laughs> salty carbs with the smattering of dehydrated herbs and vegetables for dinner. Probably don't do that. <laughs> they are looking out for you, honestly." <laughs> they are. <laughs> well, okay. Good segue. Uh, what about the nutrition? Uh, these products contain a lot of salt. Um, they, they are enriched with a decent smattering of vitamins and minerals, though. Um, pretty low in fat out of the box. Still totally decent on fat if you prepare them as directed. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're made of carbs. Um, and they're pretty low in dietary fiber. Also low, though, in, in, in added sugars, which is great. They'll help fill you up, but to keep you going, you definitely want to pair them with, like, at least some kind of protein and ideally also some kind of vegetable. Always eat a vegetable. That's what we say. Yeah, we do. For good reason. (laughs) Always eat a vegetable. (laughs) Um, Many of them do contain some monosodium glutamate or MSG for a savory punch, uh, which has not, by the way, been proven to have negative effects uh, or not more so than, like, an equivalent amount of, of regular old table salt. Um, but, you know, drink water. Water is good. Eat yeah. a vegetable, drink some water. All we're full of the sage advice here. <laughs> that, that I'm sure is new to you. Oh, yes. Never heard anywhere else. Absolutely. We're breaking the news here. We are. <laughs> we are so cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they also, these products also often employ um, yeast byproducts to help create, like, complex savory flavors. So... Yeast poop. Yeah, oh, that was a surprise one. I didn't know that was going to be right? this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was excited. Yeah, um, same same kind of a lot of the same kind of yeast products uh, or byproducts rather that would go into to like a marmite or a vegemite kind of situation. Yeah, mm. yeast extracts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see mm-hmm. that. 
All right. Uh, do we have any numbers, Lauren? Ooh, they were hard to track down, y'all, and I tried. Um, uh, I, I will say, as of the turn of the 21st century, rice aroni dominated the flavor rice dish category in the United States with over 16% of the total share of, of the then $1.1 billion market. So That's nothing to sneeze at. Nothing to sneeze at. Still sounds funny when you say it out loud. It does, uh, very, very much. And I also like the idea of you get a group of people and just having this really serious conversation. What categories are we going to break it down into? Flavored rice must be one. Like just coming up with all these food categories. Yeah. yeah. Debating it because you know they did. Oh, of course they did. Yeah. And and like from the from the article that I pulled this from, which I believe was one from the New York Times from 1999, uh, like the folks at Uncle Ben's were mad about it, like mad with a Y. Oh. Like they were they were sweating the like two points below rice aroni that they were sitting at. So oh, dear. I don't have any updates for you on that. <laughs> Well, uh, it's making some money. How it about is. That? It is, and and, yeah. and 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 not to in any way uh, uh, denigrate the important business work that all of these companies do in um, in producing and marketing food products that help feed people, which is important and great. Yes, 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 yes. So, how did we get this San Francisco treat, as it's sometimes called? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we'll get into that after we get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. 
And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, um, it is a, a little bit difficult to track down when pilaf originated. Um, historians think it developed as part of Persian cuisine in what's now Iran sometime between 900 and 1200 CE and was further developed by uh, by all the people influenced by this culture all along the Silk Road um, from then until today. Um, and you'll find riffs on it um, in, in all kinds of cuisines in, in, those, in those areas. Yes. But, but the story of rice-a-roni specifically begins in the 1940s. So Lois de Domenico met her husband Tom de Domenico in San Francisco in 1944. Lois had grown up in Edmonton, Canada, and Tom's father was an Italian immigrant who owned a pasta-making company called the Golden Grain Macaroni Company in San Francisco, where Tom and his brothers worked. Now, if we step back a bit, according to the company's history, Domenico de Domenico immigrated to the U.S. from Italy in 1890, where the immigration officer probably misunderstood, misinterpreted his name, and wrote down Charlie. Or uh, or just kind of gave him, and he was like, no, nah, that's not what you're known as anymore. It's right. Charlie now. Get out. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was his name for the rest of his life. Five years later, he moved to California, where he opened a series of produce stores, he and his wife Maria opened what was then the Graniano Products Incorporated in 1912, and it was renamed in 1934. So that's uh, Tom's dad. But back to Lois and Tom, mm-hmm. housing was tricky to find in that city in the immediate aftermath of World War II in San Francisco. So when the couple found an ad for room to rent posted by Pilazu Captanian, uh, it was it, the ad is it was super cute to me. It was like. A uh, 70-year-old woman uh, looking to rent, lives alone, looking to rent out room in my apartment. Oh. Yeah, they took her up on it, and they moved in with her. Uh, and Lois spent much of the day home by herself. And she was 18 at the time. She was pregnant. And Tom was working in the factory during the day, which meant she had to spend a lot of time with Captainian, who, yes, she was this 70-year-old woman who spent much of the day, every day, it seemed, making yogurt. Lois says that at the time, she didn't even know what yogurt was. <laughs> so, yeah, she wasn't much of a cook. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Captainian kind of took her under her wing and taught her how to make uh, some of her favorite recipes. Soups, paklava or baklava, and her special recipe for Armenian pilaf. And they would give Captainian golden grain brand vermicelli, but uh, she always wanted to break it up into rice-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. During uh, their time together, uh, Captainian shared her life story with Lois. And what a life story it was. Oh, gosh, yeah. Right? Uh, she spoke about how she fled the Armenian genocide, how she lost her husband, how she was separated from both of her young sons, leaving them in the care of a Greek couple, and uh, her journey from Turkey to Syria in 1915 a journey embarked on by thousands of deported women and children. She wrote all of this down in her 1919 memoir, Memorie d'un déporté. Uh, that same year, she was reunited with her two sons. And this book is extremely rare. Uh, most accounts of the Armenian genocide were written decades after the fact. Yeah, um, and it's never been published in English. There is a German translation. Um, oh, and I didn't look up how to pronounce this. Um, Der Volkermond uh, on the Armenian, I 
think is vaguely what that would probably sound like. Um, That German translation is slightly more available than the French, but... um, Uh, Yeah, quick note about the Armenian genocide of 1915. This was the result of um, this this sweeping nationalist campaign in uh, Turkey that killed nearly 1.5 million people um, and displaced tens or hundreds of thousands more. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Captanian, when she she was reunited with her sons, which, by the way, she was pregnant on this journey, and she had another son— when she arrived in Aleppo in Syria, mm-hmm. uh, they all mm-hmm. moved to New York, where she worked as a seamstress, uh, even working on the drapes for the Hyde Park home of FDR. Hmm. After her sons made it through their schooling, she moved to San Francisco. Eventually, the De Dominicos moved into a place of their own, which I'm sure was an upgrade from a single room, but I'm kind of <laughs> sad. Uh, but but Captainian's recipes stayed in the rotation, including the Armenian pilaf. On one occasion after a long day at work, Tom's brother Vince joined the couple for dinner and remarked how great it would be if you could get the pilaf in a box. Ah. And there you go. Light bulb moment. <laughs> off to the races. It took three or four years of experimentation in the Golden Green Test Kitchen before they arrived at a one-pot recipe. And this was during the 50s when convenience was everything. Mm -hmm. And there weren't many competitors when it came to convenient boxed sides specifically. Yeah, and especially with, uh, that that included rice. Uh, Rice was still relatively unknown on American tables. Yeah, that's right. Uh, According to a 1988 interview with Tom, the name came out of simplicity. Uh, They were kind of bouncing names around. They asked themselves, what is this product? And the answer, of course, was rice. And macaroni, and there you go, rice-a-roni. And it just stuck. <laughs> he said it wasn't, it was almost like they just couldn't get it out of their heads. It's not that they were in love with it immediately, but it yeah. just stuck. Just that was what it was, and they couldn't yeah. argue with it. Yeah. It's like the nickname rule sometimes. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this was also when more and more Americans had televisions. And the commercial for chicken rice-a-roni introduced viewers to the product with the catchy San Francisco treat jingle with San Francisco imagery in the background. And it worked. Uh, for a while, rice-a-roni was so popular, it gave macaroni and cheese, craft macaroni and cheese, serious competition. Yeah. Um, about that jingle, uh, the the guy who wrote it, um, one Robert Pratinkin, um, recently in 2017, put his Glen Park San Francisco mansion on the market for $12.5 million. Oh, that's... We should purchase that. That's I mean, obviously. <laughs> that's, that's a drop in the bucket for us. That's nothing. We got this sweet, awkward food podcaster money coming in. <laughs> I say as I come from my tiny closet. <laughs> it's like piled with costumes and books around me. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 speaking also into my closet with piles of 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 boxes surrounding me because my landlord is kicking us out in the middle of a pandemic. Um yeah, we're really living it up. This is this is yeah. the <laughs> mm-hmm. It's time we 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 move into a mansion. I've been thinking about it for a while. Yeah. Now when I play MASH, I frequently would get mansion. So huh. for well, anyone who doesn't know what that is. <laughs> it's just a very silly game that for some reason took off uh, among, like, elementary middle school students. So don't worry about it. You're not missing anything. 
Uh, well, so, uh, so, so Robert Pratinkin is doing better than we are. Um, but, uh, yeah. but <laughs> also, um, that, that campaign, um, uh, was discontinued for, for a while. I believe it came back later, but it was discontinued for a while in 1987. The, um, the VP of product management told the LA Times, it's just that the ad became so familiar that people stopped listening to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It does seem like it was very, people knew it. Oh, yeah. I, it was really hard for me at the top of the episode when I was like, and today we're talking about rice to not amend it with like colon, the San Francisco treat. Like, it's just part of the phrase in my head. I've never heard it and I'm afraid. I'm oh, afraid. no, you've never. Oh, gosh. No, okay. I don't, I don't want it. I'm oh, scared. what sights I have to show you. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the new tagline as of 1987 um, was, uh, rice who says you can't please everyone? That, I'm always wary of the question, like, <laughs> mottos, because immediately, like, I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm sure you won't please these people. And I, I would never say that to anybody, but there are people that would. Um, so, I, you know, it's a risky yeah. gamble in my mind, the question mark well, it was, slogan. It was before the internet as we know it, so uh, so that probably yeah. helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. these days I wouldn't dare put a rhetorical question. <laughs> it's just leaving the door open to it, all kinds of trolling. <laughs> it is, uh, but but at any rate, back to back yes. back to Rice-A-Roni, um, uh, and and small jingle aside aside. Yes, three new flavors were introduced in 1962: beef. Spanish, and fried rice. Two years later, a noodles Alfredo, which is an Italian dish, um, inspired product was introduced, noodle roni, noodle roni parmigiano, followed soon after by beef stroganoff and fettuccine Alfredo. In 1995, the product line would be renamed pasta roni. Oh, I kind of miss noodle roni. I think that's great. Noodle roni is very funny, too. I Noodle, the word, is just... Oh, it's such a great word, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Inherently comical. Inherently. Uh, The Quaker Oats Company purchased the Golden Grain Company in 1986 for $275 million. Uh, Golden Grains was making an annual $250 million at the time. Microwavable cups were introduced in 2012. Vincent De Domenico died in 2007. And from a lot of the coverage I saw of that, he frequently is called the inventor of Rice-A-Roni. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of the stuff I read never specifically said it was him. Like, it sounded kind of like a group effort. But a lot of the stuff that happened, a lot of the coverage that happened when he died said. Yeah, yeah. I guess there doesn't have to be a solo creator. No, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. yeah. In 2008, NPR tracked down Grandma Caps. Nephew Ted, and that's what he called her, Grandma Cap. And he shared with them a memoir of her experience as an Armenian refugee, photos, and of course, a recipe for her Armenian pilaf that had been passed down for generations. Like, they could track, like, oh, aunt, whoever had it then and gave it to, you know, it was really sweet. Mm -hmm. He told NPR uh, he grew up eating these recipes, and he told them that his father, yes, was born in 1915, after Grandma Cap made it to Aleppo, Syria, meaning, yes, to reiterate, she made that journey pregnant. It's so wild. Yeah. Um, 
From the NPR article, here's a quote from Ted. Every time we heard that jingle, my father would say, you know your grandmother gave a rice recipe to the people who started that company. So every time you hear it, think of her. To be honest, I know. (laughs) To be honest, we kind of thought, could that possibly be true? Could this iconic American dish actually be attributed to some recipe my grandmother gave years ago? And then they had another quote in the article from Lois The impact she had on me and my life. I only lived there four months, but it was four months that brought all of these things together. Myself from Canada, Tommy Italian, Mrs. Captanian, Armenian, all that converging in San Francisco in 1946. And out of that comes Rice-A-Roni. Oh, so good. So beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it when we have heartwarming ones. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's such a great story. And uh, yeah, I mean, when when people ask us to describe what is it you love about the show or why do a show about food, I mean, this is pretty much it. These connections yeah, right people here. make and the memories and all of that coming together. And yeah, it's beautiful. It is. Rice-a-roni. Rice-a-roni, y'all. <laughs> it's a treat everywhere. <laughs> The everywhere treat. <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, that's uh, that's about what we have to say about Ricerone. We We do have some listener mail for you. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. 
And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener mail. Like a nice hug. Mm-hmm. If I knew the jingle, I would have attempted it. But again, I have a I have a big fear of getting a song stuck in your head and never getting it out. This is a legitimate getting stuck fear. A, getting a song stuck in my head or getting a song stuck uh, in, in your general, head. In general, I don't want it to happen to anybody. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, well then I'm really glad that I didn't just in the middle of you saying that interrupt you and start <laughs> singing the jingle. <laughs> I'm glad for both of us that that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the method of getting it out. You're supposed to say like a really short jingle, like by Menon. And then oh, it's over. uh-huh. Yeah. So I've I've got like an arsenal. I'm prepared for the day. <laughs> but I I'm still I'm still nervous. And please, listeners, don't take this as an opportunity to oh. like flood our inbox with really catchy slogans or tunes. Oh no. No. Okay. <sighs> okay. Okay. You're gonna. It's gonna be okay for right now. At any rate, for I can't right promise now. about the future. Okay. Okay. Right. You know this. This is a SpongeBob episode, but you know, oh. just so you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rob wrote, your recent sidebars on salt and pepper shakers have struck a chord with me. I have a small, unintentional collection of shakers <laughs> and cellars, and I thought I'd share my favorites with you. The shaker set featuring the mice was a gift from my great aunt on my fifth birthday. Whatever possessed the dear woman to give a five-year-old a set of porcelain salt and pepper shakers (laughs) is beyond me. But I can test that 45 years later, these remain very dear to me and feature prominently in my kitchen, much to the dismay of my wife and entertainment of my kids. (laughs) I'm still uncertain how a top hat and old boot make a set. (laughs) Maybe salt is for the upper class and pepper for the working class. Social commentary in the form of rodent-themed spice dispensers. (laughs) <laughs> the pepper mouse is about to sneeze, but the salt mouse? Well, I've never been sure about the salt mouse. Honestly, <laughs> I think that mouse's expression is what my wife dislikes about them. She can't really say what bothers her about them, but it looks mildly lecherous to me. Hmm. The Friar Tech set belonged to my great-grandparents, then grandparents, and now reside with me and my family. After my grandparents passed away, we were cleaning out their home, and my niece, then about seven or eight years old, said, I should have them because they look like me. (laughs) I also inherited my mom's collection of salt cellars. She, in turn, inherited them from both her family and my dad's family. I particularly like the bird-themed cellars and the Viking longship. Um, the one on the far right came from a restaurant owned by my great-grandparents. Not overly practical these days, but bursting with family history. Oh. So, yes, Rob sent us pictures, and I I believed that the descriptions were clear enough that we could read it anyway. And, and, and yes, these are excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Excellent. Lecherous expression on the salt mouse. Yeah, that salt mouse does have something going on. I mm-hmm. you can sense it. You can. You can. It's clear. It's clear. It's through the image, even. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I I think that a salt cellar is very useful. Um, I I love I love having one on a table, including like the silly little spoons that they so frequently come with that that give mm-hmm. you like five grains of salt and you feel like a <laughs> like a like a like an out of place giant using because they're so tiny they're so and you're just like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna smush everything um I like that I like that mild rush of uh awkward Mm -hmm. fear (laughs) yeah yeah I like you know I like to make eating an exciting experience every now and then yeah Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) Oh, uh, Michelle wrote, 
I really enjoyed the ice cream truck episode. It brought back some interesting childhood memories. When I was a kid in the early 80s, the ice cream truck would come down the street several times a week in summer. I loved it and always looked forward to it. My mom was less thrilled because apparently he always came just before dinner. One time, she finally had it and went out and, in her version of the story, asked him to please come earlier in the day. Uh, My version has her yelling at him. He (laughs) never came back. So I got to spend the rest of the summer being the kid whose mom ran the ice cream man off. As you can imagine, I did not win any popularity contests that summer and have never been allowed to live it down. Also, because you like pets with food names, I adopted this cutie pie last week from the local animal shelter and uh, uh, attached a picture of a cat. Um, They described her as a bit timid. When I got her home, she immediately ran and hid under the bed and won't come out except to hide behind the window curtain as long as I don't watch her do it. As soon as she sees me looking, she's back under the bed. I even had to put the food and water under there and the litter box right next to the bed. I'm holding off on officially naming her until I can get to know her real personality. I know it's normal for cats to take a while to get comfortable in a new setting, and she clearly had some trauma based on healed injuries, so I get it. Uh, But at the moment... I'm calling her Noodle, short for Chicken Noodle, because she's currently being a bit of a chicken and because I can usually only see her tail when it sticks out from under the bed or down from behind the curtain. It follows a long family tradition of really inappropriate food-based pet names. I grew up with a cat my dad named Pancake because my parents got her when she ran under their car as they pulled out of a gas station and they nearly squished her flat as a pancake. (laughs) Noodle is starting to warm up a little, and if I lie on the floor with my arm under the bed to pet her, she'll purr and make biscuits. I have a feeling she'll be a playful, curious kitty in no time. Oh. And And there's an update! There's an update. Her official name is now Amber because of those big gold eyes, but still sometimes call her Noodle because when she's comfortable, she just flops over bonelessly like a wet noodle. It took two weeks of hiding under furniture, but now, in the way of cats, she owns the house, and I just live here. I've lost my seat on the couch and most of the bed, and she has taken an unhealthy interest in my toes if I move my feet in my sleep, but I'm not complaining. You can see from the picture that she's gotten pretty comfortable and pretty noodly. I shared your box wine episode with my parents. They live part of the year on the central coast of California, which is a big wine region, and have very strong opinions about different winemakers. They aren't wine snobs, but they have issues with makers who cut down old-growth oak forests or have unethical labor practices. It cracked them up because it reminded them of a camping trip when they were young where they put the box in the ice chest to keep the wine cold. The ice melted, which made the box disintegrate, and they were left with a floating bag of wine and a bunch of pieces of soggy cardboard. The wine was still good, though, which I guess is the important thing. Indeed. (laughs) Absolutely. And probably very well chilled. Yeah. Yeah. They're all fine. Yeah. Um, Also, Amber slash Noodle is adorable. Yes. Yes. So happy to hear. Uh, yeah, please keep. I love when uh, you listeners, you'll send in your pets um, <laughs> and so updates good. on them. So Got a lot of snail updates. Uh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Amber slash noodle for anyone who needs to know is a, is a, is a gray striped kitty with, with, yeah, those big 
amber eyes and and looks in the first photo a little dubious, but in the <laughs> second photo, very, very, very noodly in a very fluffy way. Very relaxed. Yes. Chilling. <laughs> yes. And uh, you certainly heard Lauren's cat uh, on the podcast sometimes makes a, well, the cat that adopted you, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and then Andrew has been regaling of his cat stories. So, yeah, we we get it. <laughs> we do, very much, and always appreciate yes. these, these these sorts of things. Yes. So thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.